sitting on my couch. Uh, it's one o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday, I think. I've lost all track of time. I haven't slept more than 10 or 12 cumulative hours since last Friday. Um, and uh, showering is no longer a priority. Uh, eating is um, also not a priority uh, because we have a brand new baby here. Emily is sleeping on the couch beside me next to him. Well, he's five days old. Welcome, Julius. Anyway, that's beside the point. <clears throat> the point is, just before the baby came, we had Bella Dare from Florence, Alabama, killer band, um, who just released their second record called Tuscumbia uh, on Single Lock Records. Um, and they were torn through. They played in Chapel Hill. Uh, it was a bummer because they were outstanding, but it was one of those nights where there was like a freezing rain. And um, if you've ever been to the South or the West Coast, I guess, those kinds of nights keep people indoors. Um, so there was a handful of people at the show, um, and I was kind of bummed that Chapel Hill didn't turn out a little bit better for those guys and hope they come back soon um, because they were tremendous. Um Absolutely outstanding. Uh, and um, next time they come through, we'll, we'll get more people out there for them. Um, but their new record's out. Enough about their shortcomings. Let's talk about their home runs. Uh, Tuscumbia, outstanding album. Um, made with uh, some heavy-hitting collaborators. Um, it's a record that has kind of been in the Hopper for a while um, because of uh, the band's commitments as musicians um, uh, and what they do outside of being Bella Dare. Anyway, I can't even fucking think right now because I'm so tired. Bella Dare, my conversation with Bella Dare, the people on my floor. It really is. It's growing like weed. Where's that? Huntsville, where NASA is. You watch a trailer, Park Boys? One of my favorite lines is, is, is when Ricky says, what do you think, you want space? No, you don't. NASA does. <laughs> anyway, after some minor, minor uh, technical fuckery, we're here with Bella Dare. Hello. Florence, Hello. Alabama's Hello. Bella Dare, Matt Green, Adam Morrow's. Morrow's? Morrow? Morrow's. Morrow. Yeah. It's a, it's cool. Everything yeah. tends to be plural in the South, so that's yeah. good. Um, Hayden Crawford, correct, and Mr. Reed Watson. Hello. Um, just released recently, uh, what a week ago, two weeks ago. Yeah, a little less than two weeks. Uh, killer album on Single Lock Records called Tuscumbia. Um, your second. Yes. What is Tuscumbia? Is a town. No, uh, not in the, the geographical sense. In the conceptual, artistic sense. Well, it's a Native American word that means big spring. And uh, there's a big spring in Tuscumbia, the town, uh, which is how it got its name. 
and the record is called that mostly because that's the town I was living in when I wrote the songs for the record. And you guys, um, so you put out your first record in like 2012? 13. Right. Um, if I'm going to do a little basic math, that's five years ago. What, uh, what took so long? <laughs> well, I should, I should uh, note that Matt is currently pointing at well, Reed. No, we... <laughs> well, uh, we certainly had a lineup change. Two or three of them. Um, but then I got in the band, and we really stabilized it after that. Um, that was supposed to be a joke. <laughs> but, uh, so, anyway, we... Uh, <laughs> we did that. <laughs> we did that. Uh, and then, uh, when did we record this record that we're on right now? Twenty fifteen. So that's uh, three years ago. Um, and then after that, we got asked to be the backing band for John Paul White when he started touring. And that became a whole thing. And then we did some shows with Donnie Fritz. The great funky Donnie Fritz, of course, and that became a thing. And your wife decided to go to school halfway around the world, and it took forever to get the other two fellas into Florence. And I took a job at Singalock right after we finished this record. I started really, actually, around the time we recorded the record, I had started managing Singalock. Mm -hmm. And um, Single Lock being the label that put this record out right. and others. And through all of that and all the scheduling, this has really been the first time that we've had any kind of clear path to release it. So what happened in, um, other than, you know, the opportunities to tour with John and to tour with Donnie, like in the three years since you recorded? Because when you recorded it, you mixed it like right away, right? Yeah. More or less. Yeah. So this album's been done. It's yeah. been done, like totally done since May of 2015. May of 2015. So, I mean, were you, did you put it away? Did you, were you listening to it? Like, because it, it's done, right? You're not going to go back and. Yeah, no, I'm not listening to it. Just putting yeah. it away and saying, like, someday soon this record's going to come out when we have time. Yeah, I mean, I think the original idea was, like, we were in a position as a band where we weren't necessarily in a hurry because we were looking for other things. You know, we were looking for. Uh, a booking agent. We were looking for management, yada, 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 on and on. And, you know, we even went through the process of sending it to PR people then. Right. Because we, we all kind of thought, like, all right, well, this will probably come out before the end of 2015 or maybe early 2016. This is right after you mixed it. Yeah. And, you know, none of those things really materialize other than PR and then I left my job right at the beginning of 2016. And one of the things I did was I, I started, I went on tour with Dylan LeBlanc for a little bit. And, um, you know, at that point, leaving a job, your life changes pretty significantly. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I was busy with that for the first few months of 2016. And then shortly thereafter is kind of when the John stuff started happening. So there wasn't really like a ton of time between making the record and, and the transitions that we were all having. I mean, Adam was still living in Tuscaloosa at the time. 
and working down there. He was trying to get up to Florence, you know, to move. Um, Hayden the same way. Um, so there were a lot of things that were conspiring against us, I guess, at that point. Or conspiring for, for you. Yeah. You m- could I'm argue. At the end of the day. Right. Yeah. So what, what um, I mean, other than the fact that you guys have had opportunities to kind of tour around with um, one, you know, I guess superstar in certain circles and one legend in all circles, like what what's kind of changed for you guys as musicians as in relation to yourselves and that you guys as a band, but also like in relation to this record, like what I mean, you're, you can't be in the same mindset you were when you wrote these songs. You know, so is it weird? I guess in that question, in that regard, is it weird to go on stage and sing these songs every night? Is it, is it what, you know, how does that kind of factor into the? Well, I think, I think for me, the time spent on stage with other artists has been good because I think it, it not only made me more comfortable, um, but it made me more aware of not necessarily how to, how to handle a crowd, but how to be more engaged with the crowd, I guess. Um, you know, John's really good at that, so I def- definitely have learned things from him um, about how he handles that. Um, I have a long way to go, but I feel like I'm getting better. <laughs> Please tell me if I'm not, guys. <laughs> um, but, yeah, f- I don't know. Playing the songs, it's just like revisiting a world that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. That's how it feels like for me. Just the songs there, it, it was so much about – what was going on for me at that time, and, and I'm so far removed from that now. It's almost like visiting a former self, you know? Yeah. Like singing the songs. But right, right. I'll let the other guys talk to you yeah. about, you know, playing. Yeah. And we um, haven't heard from this end of the couch yet. Yeah. I think, uh, like Matt said, just the ability to play every night for an extended period of time, and really for – I mean, all of us have played a lot in a lot of bands, but sustained touring mm-hmm. for that long and opportunities in the studio. I think we've all gotten a lot better mm-hmm. probably since we made the record. Maybe making the record was the first. Making the record felt like the culmination of about a year of touring. Right. My first year in Belladere. Right. So uh, in a way, it almost felt like a reward yeah. for, for how that had gone. And we put a lot of work into getting the songs ready before going in. And all of that was, I've heard Reed say that felt like a validation for years of work to get to go to fame and do the record the way that we did it. Yeah. And so that kind of opened up this whole other world where, you know, I mean, it's like anything else, even, you know, John, John is a guy who wants to improve the same set every night Mm. as opposed to kind of shaking it up all the time. So, I mean, every single night there's a chance to get, incrementally better right if you take it sure so that's i think all of that has been big no matter if it's you know me just playing guitar and doing harmony stuff for matt we we all to add to what matt said have watched somebody who's pretty masterful at handling his crowd Mm -hmm. do that every night and tried to kind of glean some of that yeah you know obviously matt has the the burden of that the most but uh yeah no and it's been fun to you know when you make a record you're psyched and it sounds like the greatest thing in the history of recorded music right. when you listen to it driving away from the studio that night. And then, you know, a few weeks later, after a break, you're kind of like, okay, I still like this, yeah. I think. And then to go through that kind of on steroids. Yeah. I mean, it's been three years. It was definitely like the, that, an adjustment period to like, 
like Matt said, it's not as personal. I didn't write the songs, but you know, thinking about where I was and I've moved from Tuscaloosa to Florence and you know, left the job. My wife changed jobs, all the stuff mm-hmm. since doing that. A lot of life change between where those songs, where I was when we did those songs, and where I am now. Yeah, yeah, and it's um, it's weird because I don't know how it works for you guys, but when I do, when I make records, it's like from the the process of recording to mixing like i only listen to my own record but then the as soon as i get a master back i never listen to it again yeah so i can't even imagine the process of sitting on an album for three fucking years would drive me insane um so props to you guys for having the kind of patience um because i if it were me i would just say fuck it put it out i'm touring with other bands well, but we i don't definitely, care i was there <laughs> right you right. know just uh, not even just uh, uh reed's gonna sigh but more more from a creative point of view of like this is great and i'm i'm glad that we're waiting on the timing to be right in a business sense but i mean i know matt has a stack of new songs yeah so you're you're always wanting to move forward but there is it's a balance of the patient and obviously i I think we would all agree that it's come out at the right time yeah all the stars align but yeah and uh, now that you guys kind of have the ability to tour and to kind of give the record the yeah, attention it, it deserves, which makes your record label no, probably no very happy. No point before <laughs> would it have made as much sense as it made right now. So, right. right. So, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I disagree. Um, I think the the thing that we've all learned in our various ways the the most is, is patience throughout this process. Yeah. Because I know when I because this is a totally I mean not totally you but this is a pretty fucking unique story. Like bands don't mix records and then wait for three years. Yeah, without yeah. touching them you know like this is not a common um I, I know bands who work on records for three years but you know but i know when i when i joined the band it was uh definitely a, a step up in the leagues for me i haven't played my whole life but uh joining a band with the notoriety of belladere was like a different different mm-hmm. step up for me mm-hmm. so i was chomping at the bit ready to go still working full time and doing everything I could to play with as much as possible. And we go through the process of like playing select shows with Alabama Shakes and like getting on some big stages. And I know that I was just like a wily coyote in the Roadrunner cartoon, like ready to take off. Um, so going through this last year and learning patience and getting sea legs under all this throughout the extensive touring with other artists, it obviously can only do right. have beneficial effects on the end product. So. Yeah. It's been, it hasn't been the easiest process, yeah. but I agree with the other gentleman here that we couldn't be doing it at a better time and from a better mental standpoint than we are at the moment. Mm-hmm. Also, I feel like, I mean, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but when you, there's a way, like, as a musician, you, you, when you tour and play every night, the one thing that improves more than anything is your, how tasteful you play. How tastefully, you know, yes, I feel that way. Less notes, exactly. It's it's ex- exactly. It's um. You you just play less the more you play, right? And uh, so to be able to tour that much and then kind of come into this record, um, I don't know if there's a, a different kind of feeling on stage or just, but I'm sure there has to be, whether or not it's conscious, you know. Well, there's definitely having to to go through the flexibility of playing with Donnie right. and playing with John, which is maybe for me for sure a different style of music. Yeah. Then, you know, it's not just like oh, I get to add what I would do. It's like what is yeah. What does the music call for? Because we're not, we're in on the act of creating it. You're yeah. kind of responding to it. Right. Uh, Reed was. No, I disagree. I, I, I don't disagree. I said I just agree. I, I think that um, every musician in this band is better. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Um, 
and, and you know, I think that stepping away from my role as a drummer in this band and stepping into a role as somebody who is putting it out. Mm. Um, one of the reasons that we sat on it for three years is because I felt like the record was really a beautiful piece of work. Mm -hmm. And I'm very, very proud of it. Mm -hmm. I think, I think we all are. And it wasn't worth just still birthing it. Mm -hmm. um, because, 99.99% of the world has no fucking clue who we are. Right. Um, so who gives a shit if we wait three years? Yeah. You know, that's fine. Yeah. Um, because when we put it out, it's going to be new to everyone. Right. Um, There's a very the, small percentage of the population who are eagerly anticipating this album, and, and they can wait. Yes, <laughs> and, and the next time we put a record out, that's going to be a larger percentage of people. Exactly. Um, which is cool. And... Uh, you know, every day is release day, mm -hmm. if you do it right. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I, th I don't think the situation could be better right this second based mm -hmm. on what's happened over the last three years. So, I think it's what you, you said earlier. Um, he was saying it felt like things were conspiring against us. And you said, well, maybe they were conspiring, you know, in your favor. And I tend to agree with that. Yeah. I think that. We've all been very, very fortunate and lucky over the last three years. I mean, there are uh, most bands and musicians in the world would probably happily shelve their bands to totally. tour with Donnie Fritz yes. and John Paul White yes. and had the opportunities. But at the same time, you got to worry about your own shit. Of course, you know. I mean, of course, there's the legend of you know Kurt Cobain trying to implore Jay Mascus to join Nirvana, and he said, "I'm good. I got my thing going." And yeah. he wasn't in Nirvana, but he did his own thing, and it was pretty cool. <laughs> but um, all right, so take me back to, to like to Nexus. Um, of, so Matt, you're the only original member of this band. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, it really <coughs> just this all started as me writing some songs and uh, growing up with Ben Tanner, mm -hmm. and um, he and I just starting to record some of the stuff that I was working on, like probably around 2011. Okay, somewhere in there. Which, by the way, uh, I saw that photo that Will Trap posted. I think it was, and who. I, Whoever was playing that heavy metal Yamaha drum set back there was um, there was something. It's probably Matt Myrick. He was a he was an early it contributor. Was a, it was a big old thing. Good, good friend of <laughs> mine from from college. But yeah, that would have been after college. I mean, I was already probably I would have been uh, well twenty seven, twenty eight. Right. You know. But you had been playing. You'd been playing. Not really. Oh, really. I mean, I played guitar, but I didn't really play in bands. Okay. You know, I just sort of did my own thing. Were you writing songs? Yeah. You weren't, like, sitting in your dorm room playing? Yeah, but yeah. no, like, <laughs> no, like, shows, like, right. really, until I was 26, 27. Um, why? I mean, why Why did you start playing shows? I, I don't know. I guess I finally met people that I, that I thought I could make some music with. You know, I mean, it took a while. It took... Um, like it took you know Ben moved back to Fame and started working like after moved back to Muscle Shoals and started working at Fame after college, um, and so that's sort of when we would record a little bit here and there, but there wasn't a band, mm. you know what I mean? It was mm -hmm. just a song I had, and I would drive up and we would record it late at night or something when Rick Hall went home, right? And would you know would just kind of give Ben the the run of the studio, um, yeah, and then just slowly. I moved back up to Florence in in 2011. Because you grew up there. Yeah, I grew but up. But then in you Muscle went to Shoals, yeah. you went to school in 
Birmingham. Birmingham. Yeah. So when I moved back up, that's really when that was 2011. That's really when I started uh, writing more and also actively looking for musicians because I was meeting all these people who were playing music and they were all in like five bands and I was like, what the hell is this? I don't no. know. I don't really know anyone who does this. You know, right. it wasn't like that for me. In what was so now today? Florence is kind of like this burgeoning little scene which yeah. is growing by the day. But what was happening back then? Like, was it same? I mean, it was the the difference then was. There were some in between growth issues, like there, were, like the the venue that was in town in Sheffield, which was called Old Town Tavern. It closed, mm. so like there wasn't really a place to play for a while. But then Pegasus Records ended up becoming a venue, and uh, and then that closed, and then One Sixteen became a venue. So there's always been something to fill in the gap, but there have been times where there wasn't like a place to coalesce mm-hmm. for everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know what I was getting at with all that. But <laughs> <laughs> that you got that you were starting to play, that you and yeah, Dan were playing and yeah. writing songs. And so we put out a record, and then you know Reed probably joined the band right around the time that record came out. Mm-hmm. I think maybe, and you know that lasted for a few months after the record came out. And the other guys in the band were a little older, and um, you know one had one had a kid, um, you know, and I just don't think that they were as interested in. Um, doing it professionally right you know and so they kind of left the band and then adam joined shortly thereafter and uh jonathan oliphant he's out there somewhere in the world somewhere um he won't listen to this though, did, i don't did. know if he has <laughs> um access to the outside world yeah, anymore he did as well and then that's sort of the band that became belladere as it is now and made the record to right. Columbia. right so. and then you guys um you, that you mixed it with Tom Schick? Yes. Right, who is Wilco's... Yeah, he recorded it in in Alabama with us, and then we mixed it in Chicago with him. What was that like? (laughs) I mean, a dream come true, but Uh, anyone else can add color to that. that You said what? This is the first time I've ever gotten a drum sound that I like. Yeah, drums sound great. Thank you. I think so, too. And and that's the first time I've ever been able to say that about anything I've played on. yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I think he just, you know, when you work with somebody who's done what he's done, it's kind of like, and he was so casual about a lot of things. Like, oh, go play a guitar part in the 57 would be on the other side of the room. He'd be like, yeah, just put it in front of your amp. I don't really, you know. Mm -hmm. He wasn't getting hung up on that, and he also made any details that were like that just totally disappear. Right. He know, there was never like, oh, there's a Pro Tools thing. Hang on. Right. It just went away. Right. And so he was... You mean like the 15 minutes it just took me to figure out how to get two mics going at the same time <laughs> sure. on the rock? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you mean just, like that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he just made all of that kind of... You know, he wanted to go fast. We were into to yeah. moving fast. So... And, you know, if he... We would always play something or like have some idea and go, yeah, yeah, I don't know. And like that was kind of like, oh, Tom doesn't... He's not into not it. Not into it. And that's... But if he's not into it, then, you know... My feelings aren't hurt that right. I totally trust him right. to, he knows. He yeah. has made, I have the records on my shelf at home, yeah. you know? Yeah, and it's cool because, like, I feel like the more, I don't know, obviously this is a massive stereotype, but the more experienced people in the studio tend to get less hung up on little shit. You know, it's, yeah. you're never going to argue with a really good record man about the placement of a microphone. Either A, they're going to know where the fucking microphone should go, or B, like, 
that extra inch to the left isn't going to make a fucking difference. Right. And I love working with dudes like that or women like that, although I've never cut a record with a female engineer. Um, but, you know, not to say there. They, they they do they do they really do need to step if they want to win Grammys not just engineers but women in general. That's what I heard. <laughs> fuck that guy yeah. and fuck the Grammys. Um, <laughs> but uh, but that's cool. That's um no that's that's awesome. That must have been a trip and just being in that place right in the loft is like I mean for for people listening for musicians of a certain ilk the five of us are in this room right now. Um, that's like a Shangri-La kind of place. So, um, so then, ha- what, so when did Hayden come into the fold? Uh, mm, some summer of 2015. Well, well, before that, yeah, that yeah, we mixed it in March of 2015, I believe. Yeah. So, and were you guys playing shows? Yeah, we pl- spring. Yeah, and you, you guys were doing shows and stuff, or it was more like being this band. We'll see you in two years because we're gonna go on to. <laughs> Mm, yeah yeah we had shows and uh like he was saying earlier we did some stuff opening for the shakes yeah um so that was really cool um and we got to do that again in 2016 um as well so you know there there was stuff happening and stuff going on how were their crowds did they dig you guys i mean not that they don't didn't dig us but i think anytime you're you just kind of get in there and do the job and get out of the way, you know? When the band is that so, big, they're not coming for the openings. Yeah, <laughs> we definitely made some fans yeah. because there are still people that, like, are, like, in 2017, we're like, what the fuck are y'all doing, you know? Like, yeah. I, there were definitely a couple of those people that I remember. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, we sold some merch, yeah. made, made a little cash, got yeah. in front of a lot of people and played some really cool and, I don't know, Interesting, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> places. You had to, to learn pretty quick. Uh, that's like that's such a head trip. Yeah. To yeah. Like walk out, and that's that's so many people. But right. it's also, you know, they're not really. They don't really care yeah. about us. Like Just don't were, piss them off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were, but they were totally receptive. Yeah. Um, the last one that we played with them was in Athens, I think. Okay. And the only this is my only like poor memory of those shows this mom had brought her teenage daughter to the show and they were just like staring at me both of them with their their fingers in their ears <laughs> like me but i was specifically offending them with my guitar it's like yeah, okay it wasn't anyone else in the band it's what, me. it wasn't that the yeah. uh, the guy you know the front of house was mixing too loud right it was you yeah it was great so but otherwise it was, it was just like funny you just have to you know that's yeah. Whatever. Yeah. It was funny. No, we had we had a guy come up. We played with um we played with the war on drugs and in, in uh in I think it was in Rochester and one guy came to the merch table and goes, You guys weren't very good. God damn. I said, Listen, man, like fuck you, A. Yeah. But like B, like, thanks for your honesty. Like that's yeah. like I I appreciate that. Right. You know, fuck you. But like that and he wasn't like drunk or anything. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like you guys weren't good. Okay, cool, man. Sometimes you uh yeah, that's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. So Maybe this is a sore subject. Maybe not. I don't know. Is there anything that you would change about Tuscumbia? Now that you've sat on it for... No. Is it, I, I, I don't think so. going to be like a van argument all the way no, back no, to No, 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 no. I mean, I know I've talked to at least some people. Like, you know, I, I could see us having like 
taken a song off of it, maybe. Yeah. I don't necessarily know what that song is. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think in terms of, like, there are some B-sides from the record. Um, but I, I think we made the right choices yeah. with that. And, I mean, the way that we made the record and mixed the record and even mastered the record, there's nothing at all that that I would change about that process. Yeah. I think we did it as best and as efficiently as we could. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was great. Cool. You know? So now you know, Matt, you're from, I know you're from Muscle Shoals, yeah. but Reed is from Tuscaloosa and Adam's from Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa yeah, everybody and else is T-Town. So, <laughs> so what, um, I mean, I know that, you know, Florence and the scene in Florence and what you guys are doing there is like really deeply important to you guys. But what what drew y'all there in the first place? Like, was it? I mean, I mean, Reed Reed went first. Yeah. I was, so. Yeah. I mean, I was first. I I was tired of trying to make it make things happen in a in a town that didn't give a shit in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Right. And and they just because what's the deal there? I and mean, if you're not playing like frat cover, pretty much. Yeah. And I was doing that three or four nights a week. Right. Um. But, you know, it's football Disney World. Right. And I love that, you know, which is, awesome. which is really <laughs> great. I'm not trying to be that guy. It's like, you know, art and sports can't coexist. But the problem is that Tuscaloosa is inhabited by 100,000 of those guys. Right. That think that those things can't coexist. Right. Um, so I just, I just wanted out. Mm. And I, I, some people I played with at the time, we had played at Old Town Tavern uh, in Sheffield, and we had played at Rivertown in Florence. Um, and I was just struck by how kind the people there were. Yeah. And how, while at the time it was small, and still I guess is small, but at the time it was really small. It just felt like there was a community of musicians and artists there that, you know, mm. could could handle one more person. Yeah. Um and the rent was cheap. Mm-hmm. And I thought I'd stay for a year. So I moved up. And I moved up. And the second day I was there, I got a job at Pegasus Records. Okay. Clerking there. Yeah. I used to do the same thing in Tuscaloosa. And um, I've been there eight years. Wow. Well, and, I, and and, and I, I love it. Yeah. I just think it's a really special place. Can it um, still stand one more musician to move yeah. there? Yeah, we could stand a lot more. Because you guys are kind of there's it's there's a there's been a, a moment happening there for for a minute now, and there is. But you know, I mean, every everything needs to evolve. Yeah, and we need more people. Yeah. So, rent's cheap. Yeah. It's easy to buy a house. Um, tons of cool people, you know, around every corner that are supportive and ready to be your friend mm-hmm. and ready to create something out of thin air and. Uh, it's it's a really special place to live. Mm-hmm. Cool. What about you guys? Um, I think I started going up there. I played some shows up there. That's how I, I got to know Matt. Um, I was a Belladere fan and had, like I said, played shows with him before Reed was even in the band. Uh, and then when he joined, I remember he came back to Tuscaloosa. I was like, all right, don't. I know you won't, but, like, you know, fucking go for it with them. Or not... You will do that. I was going to say, don't fuck it up. But I, I wouldn't have said that because he, he, he won't fuck it up. But uh, just fucking go for it if they if there's the chance to because I, I really am a huge fan of what Matt does. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So when I got asked to play, there was a few years of going back and forth between Tuscaloosa and Florence. Uh, my wife had a job in Tuscaloosa at the university for you know, good insurance, all that stuff that, you know, you need to survive. Mm-hmm. And uh, she finally got a job at UNA last year and we moved up. But I mean, my complaints with Tuscaloosa are the same as Reed's. And uh, specifically, we, we worked together for a long time to try to throw cool shows and do something different. And, you know, for a season, it's it was great. I mean, there were, you know, even a year or two where it was a lot of fun and we felt like progress was being made. But like any college town, I think even for a college town, Tuscaloosa is particularly transient. Mm-hmm. It's just a constant because there's not a, it's not like you, you show up as a freshman and there's an arts community and you kind of plug in and there's a bigger thing that keeps going. It's just constant flux. Right. So, you know, if you go through like your third or fourth wave of that and it's like starting over every time, you're kind of like, well, what? So I remember the more that I hung out in Florence thinking like, well, there's a lot of people here who are like my age now, you know, they left college and anywhere from that age on up, you know, they're committed to this downtown thing and actually doing something interesting. So, yeah, I mean, it, it dwindled down to where it was me and Hayden and a handful of our other friends. Le- it felt like left in Tuscaloosa. Uh, so, it, yeah, I mean, that was as easy a move for me to make right. as possible. Right. That's by the end, my dad was unloading the truck, and there were like 10 people there helping us. And he said, you kind of just moved in slow motion. Yeah. It's not supposed to be this easy. Right, yeah. right, right. So... Yeah, yeah. To be isolated in a in a in a town of a hundred thousand people is like yeah. It was a no. By the end, it was that's when you know it's time. Yeah, it's, it was long overdue by the time. It just took a while to get out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and even both of them have talked about how much it's changed. Just watching how much it's changed since the first time that I went to visit Reed. Yeah, it's Florence has Florence. Right, yeah, right, well, right. Tuscaloosa what? as well, but okay. uh, not in a good way. In Florence, right. in a great way. Right. Right. Um, downtown has blossomed feels like a, a cheesy verb but that's what's what's happening yeah yeah what you got Hayden I mean for me um been, I've been playing music my whole life and much like Reed I was a heavy veteran of the tour uh excuse me the cover circuit <laughs> in Tuscaloosa made a lot of money yeah, while I was doing yeah. That. but definitely had a, almost an entirely abandoned music as an artistic exercise by that point because it just takes it out of you mm-hmm. uh, I didn't practice I didn't write didn't do anything um, and so when I started playing with these guys and really seeing, remembering how important it was to me mm-hmm. and how, all the things it can do for you, uh, mentally and spiritually, I guess, if you want to go that way. Fuck yeah. Um, I always want to go that really way. Really kind of opened my eyes again. Uh, and I guess to be blunt, I also just realized, you know, that I wasn't getting any fucking younger. Right. Um, so if I was going to go for it. The time was nigh, and yeah. the town was there. Right. Uh, there's no a better place in the state to try to do what we try to do. Yeah. The rent's cheap. There's a, people everywhere on the street corner. Everybody's better than you. Right. So it makes you uh, work harder totally. and just uh, just want to be a better musician. So there's that going for you, too. It's easy to, to pay your rent, and yeah. it's just it's just the place to be in the state if you're going to do that. There's I don't think anybody would argue against that. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, so before we get into our last couple questions, um, uh, so you just started a band recently, Loggerhead? 
Correct. Um, and I just want to plug your guys' stuff. Thank you. Uh, it's nautical metal. Yeah, nautical sludge metal. Nautical you sludge your, metal. Uh, your niche genre, yeah, correct. And uh, and Adam and, and your wife are in a band called Delaray. Yeah. You guys did a record in what, November? Yeah. Um, um, which is killer, which I um, enjoy. Thanks, man. Uh, I, did you press it? Is it on vinyl? No. Nah. Okay. No. Nah. That's why I don't have it. That's why it's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but check those check those groups out. And then, obviously, these guys tour with John Paul White, tour with Donnie Fritz, who's going to be doing more touring, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so what? Um, what's next? I mean, you guys got to... I mean, the record just came out. Yeah. Um, so you're going to be focusing this year on it, probably doing some dates with, with John, I would assume. Um but what's for you guys for Belladere? What's what's the plan? Well, I think right now the plan is uh, we'll do um, South by. We're going out there. Right. Uh, so we'll, is there a single lock show? There is a single lock showcase, and we're also official, so we'll have an official showcase. Cool. Um, and I'm sure we'll get into a handful of other little things out there and do a little touring on the way out. Um, we're gonna do Midwest. It looks like in April, mid to late April, um, and then. West Coast probably like early summer. Okay. Um, and then there's we just sort of got in with the European booking guy, and he is looking at September for us over there. So hopefully uh, those cards will fall. Who's doing the record over the there? Place. Or are you just importing it or exporting it? Reed can probably speak to that. Huh? Single lock is. Oh, you um, are. Yeah. Uh, basically. Um, our distribution deal is worldwide, with the exception of Australia and New, Ze- New Zealand, okay. with the Orchard. Cool. And so that puts us physical copies in all these different territories. So Awesome. Yeah. So you have a reason to go. I have a label manager in the United States and in Europe. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> that is weird. What's really weird is walking around and going to record shops in Europe just on your own time mm-hmm. and then, you know, casually walking in and just kind of flipping and seeing your records. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, this, this whole thing actually works. Mm-hmm. This can you happen. This I think it's, you know, if you're, and you hear it in everybody, but when you're from where we're from, yeah. there's just this natural humility thing that happens where right. it's like, you know, I, I hope we get some shows and mm-hmm. I hope that this, guy helps us and I hope that we're able to get the car cranked tomorrow and head on down the road but it's like we're we're doing those things right. you know and I mean and that's that's really cool and I don't think that's something that should be you know it shouldn't be lost on any other musicians from our part of the country because what we do where we are has a profound impact on a lot of other places mm-hmm. and people pay very close attention to what we do because you know, of not only where we're from, but what we've already done. Right. Um, and sometimes it's refreshing for me uh, just to acknowledge that. Right. You know, we we have in the last three years, which has kind of felt like a lost three years in a lot of ways, we have really improved our standing in a lot of ways. Right. So it's kind of cool to say that, like, we're gonna do we're gonna do Midwest, and then we're gonna do West Coast, right. and then we're going to Europe in September. And, um, you know, who knows what happens after that? Yeah. Well, no, it's, it's you know. It's weird to say that, but it's true. No. And that's it, cool. Yeah. And it's, 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 I've, I, the, the one, the, one of the things I've experienced a lot with a lot of bands and a lot of artists who kind of always, like, 
saw me as somebody who was getting shit done, and they were like, "What? Like you're doing a U.S. tour? Like how do you do, how do you yeah. do that?" I'm like, "You you, you do email it. you email venues, yeah, and you book them in a row, yeah. You do Dude, it. You went you went and you re- you recorded with Muscle Shoals. Like how'd you? Do, well, I I called them and I said, you know, like just fucking do it. And like that's what you guys are doing in a lot of ways. It's like yes. it's hard. No one's saying it's not hard, but you can do it." It's work worth doing. Exactly, exactly, and 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 a lot of people think that like it's there's this some unicorn that there's this this grand barrier that there's some magical key to get through, and it's just not true. It's just a matter of fucking doing it, and yeah. then eventually you get to Europe and you see your record in the. <laughs> I'm probably more cognizant of that than most because, in my day job, I get the emails from people who, I mean, every day it's yeah. like I get twenty or thirty these days a day. Right, I'm just like. You know, we don't really know what to do next, and and it's like the minute somebody says that, it's just delete. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these are perspe- quote unquote perspective artists. Yeah, the people who want, you know, want us to help them make a record. Right. It's just like, well, why are you emailing me? Yeah. I well, mean, first of all, you're emailing me, so you do know what to do next. That's or you, true. Or you did until you wrote this email. That's true. And that was to email this guy. That's that's. But beyond yeah. that, like. well, that's the easy way out, you know. Right. That's the shortcut, right. and bands who try to take shortcuts usually don't end up doing much, or they get really discouraged. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I think bands that are willing to do the grunt work and the day-to-day stuff that nobody likes to do, like the things that you just talked about, um, I think that gives you a much better chance at success. Yeah. So yeah, it's exciting. I was just going to say, like what you were saying, you know, you, you just sort of do it. You know, mm-hmm. you just figure it out and you just do it. Like one of the questions that, that has popped up a lot recently is like, how how did you guys end up working with someone like Tom Schick and getting to go to the Wilco off, you know? And I was like, well, you know, I was sitting at my fucking job <laughs> and <laughs> I, we we wanted to make another record. And I found three or four of my favorite producers and engineers, and we either emailed them or called every single one of them. And, you know, I love Tom Monahan's work, mm-hmm. but he was just expensive as hell. Right. And it's like, you know, this guy's not going to work out. Right. And, you know, Tom was more amenable to what our financial situation was probably like. And d- mind you, we were doing that without any sense of like what may be right. paid for and what may not be. Right, right. It was just like, man, let's just find out how much these guys cost. Yeah. And just, yeah. just, <laughs> and just go with it, you know? Yeah. So it's like, there is, well, every producer in the world will make your record. Yeah. If you pay him enough money. Yeah. Right. Or if you pay him, if you pay him the money they want. Yeah. So it's not some sort of like, yeah. oh, he would never, you know, like, yeah. Our first two records with the Everyman were we did them with John and Yellow. Yeah, he's amazing. He's amazing. Yeah. And like, how did I get John and Yellow? I emailed him. I asked how much it would cost, and I came up with that much money. Yeah. Like it wasn't that you know, but and sure enough, you know, sure there are other people in the world that you want to work with, but like you said, like they're cost prohibitive. Yeah. But it's not again. There's not some golden door that these producers hang out behind. It's email their assistant, get their rate. If you could afford it, go fucking make a record with yeah. Tom Schick. Yeah. It's really that easy. <laughs> um, all right, so hold on. We have to pause real quick because I uh, I didn't write the seven random questions, which I have to do right now. Hold on. No, okay. <laughs> Hayden Crawford, Cindy Crawford, no. 
I don't even I don't even think I know what Kathy Ireland looks like. Well, let me help you. <laughs> Kathy Ireland. <laughs> let's, let's, let's do some Google. She was the kicker in uh, the film Necessary Roughness, Indeed. if that helps you. Uh, it does not. Um, Kathy Ireland is definitely one in this. I'll take, I'll take Matt's word for it. Ireland. Yeah. She was a babe. Oh, man. I'm going Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. We got, uh, we got Google image pulled up here. We have a consensus. Kathy Ireland. Um, all right, cool. Well, that was it. I think that was seven. If not, that was the six random questions. Um, <laughs> where can where can people find you? Where can our dozens, literally dozens of listeners find you? Anywhere where fine music is sold. That's right. Uh, our website. Bel- Except Air. Rough Trade, because they don't sell fine music there. The Rough Trade in Brooklyn. Oh, they they have our record there. Well, that, that's that, weird. That goes against everything I've come to learn about that store, is that I they know. only sell shitty records. They've, 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 got, they've got ours in there <laughs> for what it's worth. <laughs> that's great. That's uh, great. You, guys are, you guys are bucking the trend. <laughs> but uh, belladairemusic.com is our website. Cool. And uh, singlelock.com is singlelock's website, too. So Cool. Well, thank yeah. you, guys. Or just Google it. Bellad- B-E-L-L-E-A-D-A-R. It's B-E-L-L-E space A-D-A-I-R. It's not bell like you rang it. It's Bell, like the fancy version. Well, I was thinking B-E-L-L comma A space D-E-A-R-E. You'd be surprised at how hard this is for people to grasp. Yeah. If you guys were like a deep, like bullshit indie rock band, it would be Bell comma. No, it would actually, if you were like a Matt, like minus the bear, like if you were like a mathy band, it would be Bell, B-E-L-L comma, Adair, question yeah. mark. And everything would be lowercase letters. Exactly. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you, guys. I'm so psyched you guys are here, and uh, um, the record's fantastic. And um, I, uh, I've been listening to it a lot, and um, it's in heavy rotation. And my boy's about to be born soon, so it'll be, it'll be one of his first. Uh, is that Newman? It is Newman. Hey, thanks for letting us stay here. You got it. Anytime, uh, Belladere. Check him out. Talk to you soon. That was it. Hello there. Check them out. Talk to you soon. They were awesome. They are awesome. I love them dearly as people. I love them dearly as a band. Um, some of the best guys and really, really killer players, really killer songwriters. So please do check them out. Check out their music. Check out their um, what they what they do and what they promote via single lock and via their work with. John Paul White and Donnie Fritz and um, they got a great thing going so please support it check it out I have to go do the dishes now so that Emily could keep sleeping and uh, maybe we'll catch a nap later anyway here's a getaway from the album Tuscumbia by the band Belladere
Oh 